Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, Husker fans. Welcome to episode 216 of the Husker Football Fan Podcast. I'm Mike Harvat. And I'm Justin Swanson. It's our 2020 season recap. Today, we reflect on Nebraska's season with Chris Hetty. You can find us on the web at huskerpod.com or by searching Husker Football Fan Podcast on Facebook. You can also connect with us on Twitter by following at huskerpod or email us at huskerpod at gmail.com. This episode is brought to you by Central Nebraska Buffalo. Check out their website for their latest deals at cnbuffalo.com. Also brought to you by Monty Rohde with Pinnacle Realty in Lincoln. Looking to buy or sell a home in Lincoln or know somebody who is, hit up Monty at 402-770-3356. We're excited because we've got Chris here already. I mean, he's, he's here from the top. There's no, no uh, segues, no nothing. Here he is. Hi, this is a lot of pressure. I didn't, um, <laughs> I, I forgot that you guys have sponsors and I feel like I should be on like better behavior. Like, I feel like I need to really bring it. Oh no, uh, don't worry about it. They're great. Your, They're podcast, great your podcast family at this point, that's yeah. why we're comfortable just throwing you in. <laughs> that's that, that, that is appreciative. Chris, here's, here's my first question. Are you now that you're not like reporting for a living? Like, are you a fan now of the Huskers? Or are you like a civilian? Like what, how do we talk about you? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, a civilian is a good way to put it. It's weird. The transition's very weird because I feel like I've reverted back to like the way that I approached Nebraska sports when I was a student, mm. which was like I was a fan, obviously, but there were times when I was also a reporter. So, like in 2013, I covered the team for the newspaper. So I kind of took off the fan hat. But then the year after that, I was uh, – um, a cops reporter for a year for the Lincoln Journal Star. So I put my fan hat back on and then I was sports editor of the student newspaper. So I had to put my fan cap off and then I was editor in chief. And so then it was kind of both. And so it was, it's, so it's, I've had a weird experience with the mm. whole fandom. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel, I feel myself like I can openly root for them now. Yeah. Like I, I couldn't before. And I know that it's also weird. I, I'm sure there's some people that, hear me say explain that and don't understand it because it is a very weird thing to like because i root for them now does like there's an a you know maybe they were i was rooting for them then kind of a thing and that it's odd to turn it on and turn it off you know so long story short um the best way i can put this is after the uh illinois game i was listening to big red overreaction uh, and had to go on a run because I was so upset. So I think oh. that makes me like a like a Nebraska fan, right? Yeah. Like I and I told my wife I was like I'm not going to be like cr- this crazy all the time, but I just need to like work out some emotions. <laughs> so I think that that maybe lets me into the fan club again. So when we tweet like to drop this episode, do you want us to call you Husker fan Chris Eddy? No, that would just <laughs> I don't need that in my mentions at all. Okay. Uh, I don't know what we'll call you. We'll call you something. Civilian, maybe for now. <laughs> we, civilian makes me feel we like chat I just with like civilian. <laughs> yeah, like I like whenever you serve overseas and you come back and you're like out of the military, you you like you're talking about like civilian life again. So I, I guess kind of what it feels like. Okay, cool. Um, 
Well, uh, we've asked Chris to come on here because I'm, I, I meant to go back and count and I did not, but you've helped us kind of reflect on the season uh, for two or three years now, maybe more, I don't know, maybe less. Um, so it felt a little bit like tradition. And even though uh, you're not, you weren't getting paid to pay attention to the Huskers, um, I, I could tell from your Twitter handle that you were definitely still paying attention. Uh, yeah. You had some, some insights along the way. So uh, we thought, heck, let's do, let's do it again. I, I really appreciate it. I, my wife is surprised um, that you guys still care about what I think, but I appreciate <laughs> it. Well, we don't drop people just because they leave us. Just because they drop us. <laughs> That's okay. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll explain it to her. Well, it was also like, you can't, whenever you put something, like whenever you live in a state for eight years and that state revolves around one football team and you think about that football team professionally for four years and like you still know a lot of people on it and have sources that still talk to you. It's really hard to just like put away, you know, which is good. But but it was, it was interesting to like wake up in the morning because all the games were in the morning and like make breakfast and sit on the couch and do it. Uh, But it was also like, this is also kind of nice. Once the game was ever to be like, I can go about my day. So anyway, (laughs) thanks for having me. Yeah. So, so what we're going to do here, folks, is uh, we're just going to work our way through this last season game by game and kind of, I don't know if we'll even get into the nitty gritty of the game, but just kind of felt like talk about how we were feeling about the team at that point. Um, just feels like a good exercise to flesh out the progress. Um, now that we know how the season worked out, you know, it's when you're zero and two, it feels really awful. But now we maybe have a little more insight as to should we have felt the depths of despair that maybe we did? Should the quarterback probably. have been benched? We probably should have. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> right. I'm getting ahead of us. <laughs> Okay, guys, game one, October 24th, we go to Ohio State, close-ish at halftime. Uh, we lose 52-17. to 17. Uh, The coach apologizes for running up the score at the end. Um, oh, my gosh. How, how, how are we feeling? That game went according to script for me. Mm. You know, I, I was encouraged by the fact that we were able to hang with them for a little while but not surprised or too upset at the end of game one, because that's, I mean, that's what we all, nobody thought we were going to win that game. Right. So like (laughs) at least through week one as a Husker fan, the, the, the expectations had not yet been dashed for 2020. Yeah. The thing that's, I see, I think it's hard to, for me at least to think about the first game without thinking about the months leading up to it. Mm. So like, I think, I think of Ohio state and I think of the first thing I think of is like July um, and the schedule and how weird it was to have a schedule and then not have a schedule and then have lawsuits and protests. Remember there were protests like outside of like the big 10 offices. Yeah, And, mm-hmm. and then there was another things. schedule, right? Like that didn't, happen <laughs> that's right it's we did a whole right. podcast episode um, on the schedule that didn't happen yeah the second geez. one um so what so what i think of is i think of nebraska losing and being like yeah that that makes sense um ohio state's really good like justin field still exists like this is this is gonna ohio state's really good but also the um i remember two things about the game and the reaction to one is with the lead up in nebraska getting its butt kicked the, the reaction of this is what Nebraska signed up for and Mm. like, they're not any good. And um, like, they're a joke. Ha ha. Funny, funny. Kind of like the national Mm. media thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember that being super annoying because you can both want to play a sport and not be good at it. Like that, like that makes sense. Um, 
so that was annoying. And then two, I personally remember being annoyed with the narrative that like Nebraska is much better than 52 to 17 looks because they were close in the first half. Like that bothered me a lot really? because I, yeah. Cause I was like, I, that it's just, there was this idea of like Nebraska has shown great progress and I was like, okay, but they still lost by a significant margin. Like that. I, I don't like, is it progress? Like, yeah, they looked good, but then they didn't. I mean, it, it's something you now. So say. here's a, yeah, like I'm a teacher now. Here's a teaching metaphor. If you have an A at, at, you know, midway through the semester, but you fail the class, guess what? You fail the class. You don't get any credit for having an A midway through the semester. Yeah. So that, that's the thing that was annoying to me was, oh, Nebraska is actually much better than we think that they are. When, and, and, and I wasn't sold because I was like, well, I don't, that's not fair because they still gave up 52 points and only scored 17. So that's kind of where I was at. Well, uh, for context, everybody knows this, so I'm not breaking any news here, but um, Ohio State <clears throat> finished number two in the nation. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> they were number two in, you know, pretty much all the polls. Uh, I guess the college football playoff rankings put them at three. Is that right? Or is that maybe the last one before the final one? I'm not sure. Um, I think but, that was the last one before the final okay, one. That I, makes I sense. remember mm-hmm. seeing something that yeah. had them at two. Because they were two. And uh, the metrics that we talk about most, SP+, Plus, they were number two. Uh, FPI, they were number two. Um, so, yeah, I definitely – uh, feel you on the uh, that's what losers say like uh, it, it was an encouraging loss if you want to say that um, uh, but it was a sound loss and uh, it was really exciting to see Luke McCaffrey get so involved and yeah, um, that was wild that was the first drive too that's right it, it was, it was at, right away lined up at running back like fifth play yeah went for like 20 27 yards and you're like oh okay like so I can understand the optimism like I yeah. can because things like that happen like totally get it and it never, and we didn't really see much of that <laughs> for the rest of the season. So, um, so that was that was week one. We're feeling like eh, it wasn't so bad. I uh, I got together with some college buddies that I, I watch a game with every year. Usually, of course, they come. Um, so this year we got together in a garage. We kept the door open, and it was not too terribly cold for late October. And um, we were kind of like, yeah, all right, yeah, okay. Um, that's how we're feeling. So uh, the next week, not not Northwestern, but the very next week, we're supposed to play Wisconsin. And that game is canceled because of COVID. And with all the cancellations that happened through the course of the season, this one felt a little bit, it was, I don't want to say it was premature, but it was like as early a cancellation as many of the teams had this year. It's, it kind of felt like, I don't know if it was at the end of the season, I wonder if Wisconsin would have canceled. Um, yeah. That kind of started the awkward conversation of did they can't, I, I vehemently, I, there's no bone in my body that believes they canceled it because they didn't want to play Nebraska. They would have beaten Nebraska by 21. It wouldn't have been close. Uh, so they would have, they wanted to play that game. I, even if, even if they had a backup quarterback or the backup backup quarterback, I could have played quarterback for Wisconsin and they would have beaten Nebraska. Like it wouldn't have been an issue. Uh, but it was, it was an early indication that there are going to be some teams in the big 10 who are going to be more cautious than others. Yeah who are going to um, pull, the, pull the plug early um, rather than – I think later in the season we saw a lot of games get canceled like Thursday, like Wednesday, Thursday. This was like a Monday cancellation, wasn't it? Um, it was early. It was pretty early, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty early. So that was, that was a for me at least big picture-wise, it was like, okay, there's going to be different sections of the Big Ten that's going to take this a certain way or see their – numbers and take them different ways mm-hmm. yeah so you think we would have got beat by 21 huh I, I thought we had a good shot i mean this was not your traditional uh they had no they didn't have the running game that they've had for so long i think we had as good a shot of 
Adam, as we had any any of the last number of years. And I would have really liked to have seen it played as the year went on. You know, I went back and forth as to whether actually I was glad we missed them or. Yeah, they- maybe not 21, but I think they definitely lose. Like, I think Nebraska definitely loses. 21 is probably over-exaggerating, but like I I do not think they would have beaten them. Yeah. <laughs> Based on what we saw from both of those teams the rest of the year, I mean, Wisconsin killed Michigan and, you know, be as that what Michigan was still beat them, beat Minnesota, played close to Indiana. Indiana was a really good team, played pretty close to Northwestern, like won a bowl game, you know, and Wisconsin is very plug and play. So I think, I don't know. I do not think Nebraska would have won, but I also don't, I also mostly the, my main point is I do not think Wisconsin was afraid of Nebraska. Yeah, anymore nah, because I, nobody's afraid of Nebraska. I, <laughs> I agree. No, I think, I mean, Wisconsin, uh, Madison is a very different place than than Nebraska, than Lincoln even. And, I mean, not as as different from Lincoln as it is from the rest of the state, but um, they were very, you know, progressive and, you know, trying mm-hmm. to get out in front of stuff. And if you look at the way different communities handle things based on politics, I mean, it's not surprising that they were more conservative. Oh, not at all. Yeah, to be ironic language. Um, <laughs> okay, so, so that's where we are talking about again, it didn't happen. Okay, so now November 7th, uh, we we go to Northwestern and uh, we lose thirteen to twenty one. Um, you know, not a lot just not a lot sticks out to me about that game other than you know that defense. We knew coming in the defense was good, and turns out the defense was good, like as as advertised. Uh, let me just look them up here real quick. North, they finished twenty uh, ninth in SP plus. They actually finished in the top ten. In the AP poll, they were number 10 in the AP top 25. And in the coaches poll, they were also number 10. So this, uh, we thought, was a really crummy team. or We thought this was a great defense and a bad offense, which they were. They ended up having the 92nd offense in the country, according to SP+. But they had the number three defense in the country, according to SP+, and 42nd special teams. So um, 32 or 30, uh, 13 to 21 loss, looking back, I mean – I don't know if we really needed a better quarterback as a result of that. You know, uh, it was it was an okay result. That was the game, though, where after we saw a whole lot of action from McCaffrey in game one, we didn't quite see so much in game two. And so when things didn't go according to script, it's not too surprising that Nebraska fans started saying, well, what about McCaffrey? Maybe he should start next week. Like, I I remember that vividly. I actually don't remember much about the game itself, honestly, but I remember the discussion about, well, why don't we try McCaffrey next week? Because obviously this isn't working with Martinez. You know, there's some of that stuff going on. And, you know, I think you're right, Justin. In hindsight, maybe it was a little bit premature to to bench Martinez for third game. But, yeah. Was, was that the game where uh, the last drive, like the go-ahead drive they put in, uh, Luke? purely memory here yeah maybe that yeah where they had him in towards the end or something and it was kind of too well, little kinda, too late well it kind of well it kind of felt like a changing of the guard kind of moment like oh my gosh yeah. like he's going Luke was in on the last drive um so uh yeah it was 13 plays 78 yards ended with turnover on downs um so he uh yeah fourth fourth and four luke mccaffrey passed incomplete to wanda robinson that was at the northwestern 14 so I, I completely agree. I mean, this was a game that I even fell into the trap, too, of, like, we didn't know how good Northwestern was. And Adrian looked like Adrian of 2019, which, uh, like, the worst thing you can have is a pretty good quarterback, but he's 
he does enough to make you want to put the other guy in, especially mm-hmm. when the other guy has a last name Caffrey. And <laughs> right. so it was, it was just a situation, I think, where people were like, let's try the new kid. Mm-hmm. He's fast. Like, we've seen him do something. Surely he can throw uh, because he's been here for a year. Um, and it did seem like a changing of the guard thing. And I think looking back, Adrian probably deserved a little bit more benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Um, the other thing I think of that game too, uh, Marcus Fleming led the team with 75 yards receiving. Marcus Fleming Whoa. no longer is on the football team. Wow. Yeah. So it was just this weird, I mean, I think early in the season, I think the story of the season is the offense and it's just complete lack of identity, um, which starts with Scott for us and also ends and also the quarterbacks, but it just kind of goes all the way down. And that, that to me shows like you're looking for young guys, you know, Marcus Fleming does something and then he kind of, I don't know, he kind of disappeared after that game for a little bit. And it was always kind of this, like, well, he won't he for a lot of the receivers. And um, I think that was maybe what, you know, in hindsight, the takeaway shouldn't have been Martinez, Martinez, Martinez. It should have been the offense, the offense, the offense, mm-hmm. like where are they going? What's the, what's it look like? Um, but that, that was kind of the, yeah, I think that was the beginning of the McCaffrey question that kind of hung over the rest of the season. I, uh, our friend, friend of the show, Jeffrey, the Greek actually earlier today tweeted this great Venn diagram of Nebraska fans, Minnesota fans, and Iowa fans. And the one thing we all have in common at the middle, erroneously counting Northwestern as a win in August. hundred percent. We did it. We and did I think it. it goes back personally. I think it goes back to 2011 when Northwestern came in Memorial Stadium for the first Big Ten game uh, or their first Big Ten matchup in Northwestern, from what I remember, won. And that was kind of a shock. Yep. Because people Uh, were like, gosh, you're bringing back some PTSD for me. I paid a lot of money to get some good seats for that game. (laughs) Yeah. And so I think what it is, is is there's still this inferiority complex Nebraska has in general as a fan base and as a football program where you see Northwestern and you're like, oh, well, Nebraska's better than Northwestern. Mm. Let's chalk it off. And I think that that's reverberated because I think even even in that game, I think the takeaway in 2011 wasn't, you know, oh, Northwestern's for real. It was like, oh, little brother just came in here and beat us. That's weird. Uh, and so, North, but Northwestern continues to do Northwestern things, except for, you know, the one weird year, they only won like two or three games or whatever it was. But Pat Fitzgerald is good. They're, they don't do anything they don't need great athletes to be good. Like they're just a system, but yeah, I totally agree. Like it's, it's so, but it's also so hard to believe that they're going to be good, you know, cause it's, <laughs> well, especially well, after they stopped no well, well, I mean, last year. What last was it year. like? Yeah. I was going to say, I, I know in recent memory, they only won like one game. <laughs> so yeah, they had a terrible season last year. Their quarterback situation didn't work out. And, uh, and at the end of the season, Fitz said, uh, this won't happen again. It, you know, we're going to be back next year and, and we're all like, okay. I mean, that's just a confident coach. What? Right. Yeah. Turns out he knew what he's talking about. Yeah. Kudos to them. But it also it also proves this like, if you get the right team, you can win the West, or you can you can you can win some games in the Big Ten because if Northwestern can do it, Nebraska certainly could do it. Mm-hmm. So there is some hope in the despair, I guess. Yeah. And uh, Mike, uh, I think I think Luke played a little more than you remember. He really. Finished the the game, uh, forty nine yards on eight carries, and it was twelve of sixteen passing for ninety three yards in hmm. just over one quarter of action. So I mean, it wasn't a huge chunk of the game, but it was kind of like the end of the game. Right? Yeah, didn't Adrian? I think Adrian, if I remember correctly, threw a pretty ugly pick, um, and it was kind of a, all right, we clearly need to put somebody else in. Um, yeah, and so that's that. Then they, I think I think that they rode Luke the rest of the game. 
So, okay. So we're, we're at third game of the season. We've only played two of them. We're 0 and 2. Uh, turns out we had just lost to the Big Ten West and Big Ten East champions. Um, so hmm. um, that, you know, and we, and we dodged Wisconsin, who might have been the Big Ten champion, Big Ten West champion, but for being uh, canceling the game. Uh, yeah, they canceled too many games, right? So they didn't get to play for yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so now we go to game, what's our game three in terms of actually playing. And it's the first one of the season, Penn state. Uh, we won 20, uh, 30 to 23 ends with a stilly sack on back-to-back drives, right. In the red zone. Um, and, uh, Penn state, just so you know, was just in flames at that point, they actually finished the season four and five. They finished 17th in SP plus hmm. and, uh, FPI, they finished. 24 that it was unranked in the coaches and AP poll, but uh, metrically, you know, not, not, it's not a bad team. Uh, it, it took them a while. They had a whole bunch of guys not play. So they had some opt outs, they had some injuries. And so they just kind of limped into Memorial stadium that week. And we were uh, able to capitalize, I guess. So um, yeah, com- coming out of that game, what are you guys thinking here? We're two and one thoughts. I remember ahead, being, Mike. Oh, sorry. Go, what was that? No, 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 no. I was gonna say, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. I just I remember being it encouraged, but also like just because we saw how Penn State had fared so far, just kind of being like, yeah, this is a win, is good for morale. But I, I remember thinking I have no clue how this indicates the you know it it, it gives me no indication of how Nebraska is going to do going forward because Penn State was they were floundering at that point, and it just so happened that we played them when we really, really needed a win. Um, and then, you know, having McCaffrey start that game, it, it kind of fed into that, ooh, maybe Mark, maybe my McCaffrey's the guy, Martinez, his days might be behind us at this point uh, because we just lost two games and then we started the young kid and, and we won with him. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it was a confusing game. And in, in hindsight, I think that we drew some poor conclusions from it as like, when I say we, I mean, collectively every Husker fan on Twitter, um, which is terrible because that is such a diverse body of <laughs> the fandom. But like, I think you saw a lot of people who are like, yep, I knew it McCaffrey. Look, he's the, he's the key that's going to unlock everything. Right. Uh, to your point, Mike, I think that the collective, we Nebraska football followers, right. I think the interesting thing about the season is by the end of the year, I think a lot of fans got to the exact same point. And I think that early on in the year, there was kind of some division like Martinez McCaffrey. And now it's kind of like, it's, it, I, I just, I just feel like at the end of the year after Rutgers, after Minnesota and after Rutgers, people got, I think there's kind of a collective Scott Frost isn't a prophet. You know, the, the, the offense has some issues. Eric Shanner's a good coach. Like there's a lot of like, I think collective, uh, consensus Mm -hmm. i think that penn state game you're totally right i think early er, at this point there is still some kind of choose your own narrative like Mm -hmm. mccaffrey's the answer um or you're like you know what uh penn state is terrible but a win is the win is a win right or this this is what's going to catapult it illinois is coming up next illinois is not any good then maybe you roll that and win (laughs) iowa like you can start like it's one of those things where once you win you can start building it up and so i think it wasn't quite despair at that point the only thing i think you, you recapped it really well the only thing i can think of is when i see when i see the score of that game and a w i just remember thinking like the that game was a with a breath of fresh air 
because it had been so long mm. since a Nebraska football win mm-hmm. that I think everyone was like, okay, cool. Like <laughs> I can, I don't like, I can watch the primetime game tonight and not be frustrated that mm-hmm. my team lost. And mm. I can wake up tomorrow and have breakfast with my family and I'm not going <laughs> to be yelling about Scott Frost. And you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it was just kind of like, a, okay, we needed cool. it. Yeah. It was like a total breath. Um, so that's what I think. And I also think too, you know, Luke played pretty well. Um, for the most part, he's fast, he's quick, he's everything that at the time we didn't think Adrian was. It was just kind of like a new look. And I think that people, it was pretty pretty encouraging at that point, yeah. And Mike, uh, well, both of you, I don't think Martinez played it down. I've just been looking at no. recaps here. I don't think he Mm-mm. played it down. But he, get, but he did give a pregame speech. That's right, yeah. And that was, that was, honestly, that speech might be the high moment. I'm glad you brought that up. That speech might have been the high moment of the season. Like, it kind of was like, I don't know if it brought tears to my eyes, but it was that level of like, this dude is so selfless. What a leader. Everything you want. I mean, he is everything you want in a student athlete. I mean, I know the kid fairly well. It's, it was unsurprising. And it was, and it was one of those things where I'm not saying that he's like, that speech is what helps, uh, you know, win the game by any means. But when there's an awkward situation in which the starter gets pulled and that starter is a captain, and there's this young kid, unpro- un- young, unproved kid that's going to take a spot. But then this, you know, the leader, the captain who's not going to play gives a speech about being selfless and about fighting and all these things. That m- relieves the pressure in the locker room. It makes everybody take a deep breath. Like, I think, I think it helps a ton, personally, just because mm-hmm. I think having him say those words, yeah. I think, put everybody a little bit more at ease because it's not... Cause it's not as awkward when you see him on the sideline, right? You know, like, right. and like celebrate, like if you see him celebrating and you see him earnestly wanting to win, like I, th- I think that that helped a lot too. So that, that, I, that showed me a lot about Adrian, not that I needed more to respect the guy. Yeah. And, and to transition to the Illinois game, Mike, you said er- earlier talking about the Penn state game that we all kind of bought in and, and Chris, you're talking about, you could see kind of a path forward. Um, I think the players sounds like the players bought in too, to like, Hey, we're, we're good. We got this figured out. Illinois sucks. We're going to, we're going to roll now. And um, so now we come, we're, uh, we're two and oh, uh, one and two and we play Illinois. We lose 23 to 41. So not, it wasn't a close game. And with the power of retrospect, you know, that Penn state win was probably a little better than we realized at the time. Um, if you look at how they finish that Illinois game, that may be the worst loss of the, of the frost era. It may be the worst loss in a long time. They finished, uh, two and six, they're 88th in SP plus, uh, FPI, they were 81, of course, unranked in the polls. Lovey's fired. I mean, that is just a disaster. I didn't even know they were that bad. <laughs> really, really. This bad is loss. news to me. I didn't pay attention to Illinois before or after. Honestly, I knew that Lovey got fired, but wow. So I think we were as I was as frustrated as I'd been all season and maybe even in a couple seasons, although last year was really hard. Um, that was a bad, bad law. That was a really bad. So let's j- top of your head. Okay. Was that the worst? Cause, cause you said some of the lines of like maybe the worst loss in some time. I, what it reminded me of in my head, I think of the two Minnesota losses as being two of the worst ones. 50, 54, 21 Riley's last year was like the least competitive game I've ever seen. Um, and then 34, seven last year, um, in the snow. I think no Vedral played that game. Uh, but this game is kind of like in that mm-hmm. like tier of mm-hmm. like blow up the ship. Like this is terrible and inexcusable. Yeah. Um, 
this is the game I think where I really realized Nebraska remain like still has really huge fundamental issues with the entire program and has since 2015 and they have not recovered, which is a very like bombastic thing, but that's the way I feel. (laughs) And I just, I just, I just thought like, okay, um, again, tell me the difference between 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020. Like I just, as a program, they're not more, they're not mentally stronger. Uh, like they still see Illinois and think it's a win. They win one game. They think that they're everything. Uh, that was the most frustrated that I've been in a, for a Nebraska game in a long time. The, the Ohio State game last year, yeah, last year the game day game is probably the most. Upset oh my I've been gosh, in. I forgot about that. Probably I the most. Upset. Thinking that's gonna be that's gonna backfire. Everybody was excited. I was like, no, what are they doing? <laughs> yeah. I got in a, um, that was the, that was the, that was the game that, that completely shook my trust in Scott Frost. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and, and most of the program, because they just lied to us for for a week about everything, about how prepared they were, about how good they thought they were. And they didn't like say they were going to win by any means, but they'd arrived. Like, this is what Nebraska, like Bill Moose says that quote about just for the fact that college game day is here means that Nebraska brand is strong. (laughs) <laughs> which was true in some ways and not in some ways. But after that game, we were walking from the press box to our cars and I, it wasn't like a screaming match, but I found myself so worked up about the way that that game was handled, the way that they spoke about the team. They just were, I, I literally just told Evan Bland, like I remember uh, just like getting so worked up. Cause I was like, this is all crap. This is all crap. They're not better. They're Maybe saying that they're better you? and they're Maybe not slap you until you pull yourself together. No, Evan is a very, very uh, gentle, warm person. And so he just stood there Chris, and was like, mm-hmm. yeah, he was no, he was like, sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. <laughs> and then he was like, I want to go home to my wife and child. And I was like, I'm going <laughs> to, uh, but re- regardless, long story short, that this is that this game, the Illinois game reminded me of that mm. where I was like, they're not any better. And they continue to just say this crap and, uh, uh, I'm not going to buy it anymore. Uh, and not that I had bought it in the first place, but I just felt this, this is so entitled the way they came across this game. Yeah. Like they've got so many huge issues. It was ugly. Um, ugly at many levels. Yeah. And also just not acceptable. Like that should, that effort should not be acceptable. That well, effort is why you fire coaches. And it was, sure. so it was just very frustrating. And as you look at this season, you know, we're kind of trying to take a global view here. Um, you take out that Illinois game and this is a three and four season uh, with losses to the division winners and, you know, a narrow loss to Iowa, you know, a touchdown loss to Iowa, a touchdown loss to me. That's what it is when you take the Sure. But then you, you have to, you can't, you can't take it out because it's not reality. But it's a really good point. It's a really good point because you're right. If you do take that game out, it, it looks, it looks okay. You can feel okay about that. Um, Why couldn't COVID strike at that time? <laughs> right. Just this was, this was the first game that I can actually remember quitting on early. Like I don't, I do not leave Nebraska, especially if I'm in the stadium, I do not leave early. Um, I was there for the Wester catch and I saw so many people leave early, but I'm like, Mm -hmm. I'm never going to leave. I'm not going to be that guy. This is the, this is the game that broke me. This is the first time (laughs) I can remember leaving. I mean, like, obviously we couldn't be at the game to leave it, but I, I checked out, sometime in towards the fourth quarter and 
I was just like, yeah, this is awful. I have better things to do. I'm already at home. I can do, I could just walk away. And so that's what I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Justin, you'll remember, this is also the game where on our next episode, uh, I injured my voice. <laughs> really? Yeah. I, I was, um, I was doing an impression of a scene from uh, Weird Al's UHF film uh, in which he screams, hope you enjoy it at the very end. And I gave myself a vocal hemorrhage doing it. Um, So it was a joke, but this is the game that like brought me to a point in which I like physically harmed myself uh, as a result. Uh, So not intentionally. Not I'm, I'm curious because the crux of my frustration was the thing I kept thinking of was this is year three. This is ridiculous. Mm. Yeah. What was the crux of your frustration from that game? Absolutely that. I mean, yeah. it, it, th- this is the year where, and, and Justin and I have had this conversation all year long, like, okay, you got to throw an asterisk next to 2020, right? Just because of the whole, this is not a normal season. But at the same time, I mean, like Nebraska, if anybody had plenty of time to prepare, it sounds like they put everything in place to to be prepared for a season this year. So uh, at the same time, Justin and I, f- from the moment Scott Frost got hired, we were saying, let's give him a couple of years. But by season three, we need to see some tangible sign of progress. And it didn't happen this year at all. It really didn't. Because of that game. Yep. So hold on. So that game was on November 21st. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So here was my tweet after that game. The column I'd write if I was still a reporter would be a list of hobbies everyone needs to get super into because this football program remains bad and that doesn't seem to be changing anytime. Soon. <laughs> and that, and that's because that, that's what it was. It was like, okay, this is, this is what they are. Mm-hmm. So but then they go to the, the next one. I not to jump you, but then they no. go to the next one. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Iowa. Cool. We move, move ahead to Iowa. We lose 20 to 26. Um, again, three, three years in a row where it's close. We've got a shot at the end and it, and it doesn't work out. You know, you, you don't want moral victories. And so when you're losing three close games in a row after a bunch of blowouts, it's, it's not a moral victory, but um, you look, you, you look back at where everybody ended and uh, Iowa ended the season at number 10 in SP plus in FPI. They were, number 12 and AP they were 16 and coaches they were 15 so we lose by six to top 15 top 10 team and we lose by several touchdowns to someone that is in the bottom 15 of it's inexplicable well here, here's my theory you want my quick theory of course Adrian Martinez has what I like to call the Tommy Armstrong factor okay mm. when Tommy Armstrong was Nebraska's quarterback they always had a chance unless they were playing a very good team Right, unless they're going at Ohio State and losing by a ton because he got kicked, you know, knocked out of that game or whatever. But I always felt like Nebraska had a chance with Tommy, mm. and this was a game where, again, so you look back, you just look at this season. Adrian starts, they get crushed at Ohio State. They're a good team. Adrian starts, they barely lose to Northwestern. In retrospect, a pretty good, pretty good loss if you want to call it that. Um, doesn't start for two games. They beat Penn State. They didn't need him in that game. They get their butt kicked to Illinois. You start Adrian again. They lose pretty close to Iowa. Like, I think he has enough in him that you can play pretty close, which I think if you talk with, you know, people that follow the program really closely, the pro, the, if Nebraska is going to be very good, they need a quarterback who is going to give you a chance in every game. 
And, and that's, that's like the fundamental problem with Adrian is that he's good enough. He's going to give you a chance most of the time, unless it's a really good team. And so what that game told me about Adrian, not to make this whole podcast, but Adrian was, all right, he's good enough that you can't just cold turkey him. Like he has to see the field at some point for some games because he can do some things. Um, and also that Iowa remains Iowa and it's always going to be close between, you know, Frost and Kirk Ferentz, which is always fun, but frustrating again, because they have a chance they lose. So again, it gives you enough where it's like you're, you have a glimmer of hope, but also there's just still this monster in the background of just, you know, Hey, now you're one and four um, and you lose to Iowa again. So that, that was kind of the way I took that game. It was such, it was such a close game metrically. I mean, in terms of first downs, we both had 20. They had 22, though, because of two penalty first downs, which is a huge difference. Um, we outrushed them. We beat them in yards per rush. So moving the ball better on the ground and stopping, I mean, that's huge. That's that's what we've said about – that's what you got to do to win the Big Ten West is win in the trenches, and, and we did that. Uh, passing yardage, uh, we had two more yards passing than them. Uh, uh, Adrian's 21-25. Uh, their guys, 18 of 30 and an interception. Um, total offense, we we were up by 16. Um, I'm just kind of scrolling through the stats here. They they got more kickoff yards than us, right? They, oh, shocker! Yeah. <laughs> so, did they have a did they have a kickoff for a touchdown? Not not this year. Yes, I believe. Oh uh, boy. I mean, I bet money on it, but I'm not. I don't know. I try not to. I try not to hang on to the losses too closely. Okay, here, you, hold on. The, the, but I'm going to ask you guys this too because you've you've been fans longer. 2018, Nebraska loses 38-21 or sorry, 31-28. Last year it's 27-24 in Lincoln. This year it's 26-20. You can reverse one of those scores, and Nebraska wins one of those three games. Which one do you, would you have preferred Nebraska to win? Like what what would have been the most important or impactful if they win one of those games? I mean, probably just this year because it represents progress. Mm. Um, last year, if they win, they go to a bowl, correct? Oh, yeah. that's true. I, I was going to say last year, and, and not because of the bowl, but just last year, we felt like last year we had an opportunity to prove something. Like, yeah, we, 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 you got us last year, but it was close. This year, we're going we're gonna to just turn that corner, right? Like, I, it just felt last year, it was a very bitter loss, especially with the – you know, the, the guy blowing the kisses at the end and mm-hmm. just how how that the season last year was just like it was a gut punch after year one to not really see things improve, especially with the Iowa game to kind of lose in the exact same fashion a second year in a row this year having lost <laughs> a few times already. Mm-hmm. I wasn't as upset or surprised by it. It was really nice also to have it in the middle of the season. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It, it means more when it's at the end, especially when you're playing for a bowl. So from that perspective. But it's weird. It was, it was the middle of the season, but it was at the same time. Yeah. yeah it was still true. on Black Friday, but it was That's also right. in, the of the season, in the middle of the season. The only, the only kind of argument, I, I completely agree with you, Mike. I think the only kind of argument is you end year one with a win over Iowa. That, that off season doesn't feel as long. Mm. Like even though you don't go to a bowl, it just feels a little bit better. Maybe I'll recruit That's a little a bit good more. Point. Yeah. But I also think going to a bowl is more important. So I think 29 and just like you, I, I love rivalries. I love that there's a villain. I love that he's the kicker. Like that makes it incredible. <laughs> uh, the, the, blown, the blown kiss was so like 
so this is see this is my problem of not being a full-fledged fan it's because it should bother me it should like ali for bother me but it doesn't uh but uh which nothing ever will ever will but like it just to take that away take that pain away from nebraska fan because like that's such a like rubbing your nose in it uh, especially like right at the bench. Like, so if you could take that away, that that would help too. And also go to a bowl. So you know what though? Th- th- those, those blown kisses that more than spiting Nebraska just shows who Iowa is. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like they can, they can have their kisses. Cause then I know, and I, I feel like I got a, I've got a moral upper hand right now. Sure. Yeah. Dogs. Every school that's, 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 that's uh, black and yellow is, is not worth time. <laughs> uh, all right, so that's that's Iowa. They they did not kick return a kick for a touchdown. They did have a good series of kick returns. That okay. was Minnesota because it was the same kid, right? It was Rutgers. It was the same kid. Rutgers. That's he had, right. been, he had been at Wisconsin last year. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so uh, so now uh, licking our wounds after back to back losses after our first win. So we're like what one in four right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we feel really low. Um, th- one of those losses is terrible. The other three losses are you know. Any loss is terrible, but the other three losses are to top 15 teams at this point. So in retrospect, you know, we're not a top 15 team, um, but it's, you know, it's not as bad a one and four <laughs> as you might otherwise think. Um, we go to Purdue. We win 37-27. Um, I think we have three drives that are over 95 yards or something, over 90 yards, and, um, and, and we win. How do we, you, you guys talk about that. I'll pull up where Purdue finished. Go ahead, Mike. Do you remember anything about the game, really? You know, honestly, at this point in the season, games are starting to turn into a blur for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Purdue Mike doesn't even drink. Yeah, right. All right. Uh, <laughs> with with Purdue, I I do remember. I guess I I remember like being like, okay, cool, we we won a second game. Like it it was not there wasn't the sense of elation or the catharsis from beating Penn State. Um, I do remember being reassured that, you know, maybe, maybe we were wrong. Maybe Martinez really is the guy after all. He kind of showed it in this game. Um, but yeah, I'd say that if, if anything, without remembering specifics about Purdue, I remember at this point in the season, I was kind of turning around on that whole, okay, McCaffrey, he's, he's still showing that he's young and inexperienced and, and Martinez is kind of re-emerging as the guy. There was a lot of discussion about maybe being benched was exactly what he needed, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, I, th- I think in this game, I think it, it settled a lot of nerves that Nebraska fans had about Martinez and in, in which we can look ahead and say, well, we at least get this guy for another full year and, mm-hmm. and we shouldn't necessarily throw the baby out with the bathwater and and give up on him too soon uh, because he probably has a lot to offer us in 2021. <laughs> yeah, I I see just looking at stats, I see three things. One, Adrian goes 23 of 30, 242 yards, one touchdown. You'll take that every time. You'll take that every game. Uh, Diedrich Mills 16 carries, 60 yards. Uh, you'll definitely take that. Um, Adrian also ran 13 times, which you probably won't, don't want that, but still. You know, 60 yards. Wanda Robinson, nine catches, 114 yards. Needed more of that and for him to stick around. So what? So the thing I think when I see this game is I think you got Adrian. He did, he does well. You beat Purdue. You needed to do that. You can't lose to Purdue, um, which is the infor- inferiority complex that I have. Uh, but <laughs> you can't lose to Purdue. And also, like, it, it's also, since we're looking back in retrospect, a bummer game because nine catches, 114 yards, Wanda Robinson. Yeah. 
Yeah, you take that. I will give you <sighs> each one guess. Who was the second leading receiver in that game? Didrick Mills. Mike? I have no clue. <laughs> Levi Falk. Mm. Really? Okay. Five catches, 39 yards. Hmm. Um, I was I was wrong. I got a little ahead of myself. The three drives for over 90 yards, that's the Rutgers game. This mm-hmm. was the game where we started Okay, out. I was going to say. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Everybody's confused. This is the game where we started off with a blocked punt, and we were up 17-3. to three, and Oh, had, yeah. And yet they had an 89-yard touchdown pass, and we were only up by a touchdown and needed uh, a field goal to kind of Yes, it okay, it's coming back to me. Sorry. I remember I remember having discussions with people like, I'm not going to feel good about this game until Nebraska's up by three full scores, <laughs> like doing that kind of thing on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were up 34 to 13 uh, in the third Jeez. quarter. Jeez, yep. So this is what you do. If you're a bad football team, you get out of the header early because then whenever you mess up, which you're going to do, like you've built a cushion. So at least they did that. Like at the very least they did that, which was again. So the, I, I feel like I keep talking about the offense, but this was the season was about the offenses deficiencies, but they played well this game. Mm-hmm. They, they won them this game, even though because the defense eventually gave up quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. And Justin, this is, this is the game where we talked about like the, the offense finally did what the offense was supposed to do, you know, quick yeah. strike, get out ahead, and and always just be be you're scoring enough to to the point that you know the defense is probably going to be on the field a little bit longer. Uh, they're going to give up some points as a result. Um, but yeah, I mean, you look just look at the stats over the last couple of years. This is one of the one of the games where it's like, okay, that is the kind of score that you kind of expect from the Scott Frost system, right? So yeah, yeah. Well, and- Another thing, it's it, we uh, we spent the last few days celebrating all the guys returning on defense and celebrating the defense. So it's kind of like, wait, not that long ago we we gave up all these points, but you know you take out that eighty-nine yard one play drive or however many plays eighty-nine yard touchdown play. Um, I'm looking at the the length that these this team had to go in order to score it was never more than like sixty yards. Sixty yards, six plays for their last score. Uh, four plays, 11 yards for one of their scores, six plays, 56 yards, uh, 10 plays, 46 yards. I mean, they had short fields the whole stinking game. That's not the defense's fault. Fair. Totally uh, fair. Th- the defense needs to be coming up with more turnovers and hopefully bringing back everybody. And they're all like, they're going to be like middle-aged by the time they take the field next fall. <laughs> John T. Uh, Williams is going to be 25 American years old. Are you like, <laughs> can you believe that? That's not even the metric system. That's the American version. Yeah, seriously. It's insane. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I mean, they, they weren't a good team. They, they were a decent, excuse me. They were a decent team. They finished at 40 in SP plus and they finished at 50 in FPI. So, uh, you know, explosive offense, um, 35, actually, that's not all that great. Um, 58 defense, a hundred and SP plus, um, I don't know. At, at this point, as, as we're doing this global recap, we're sitting here now at two and four and it's kind of like. I don't feel awesome about this season right now. Um, so let's now let's now go to the second to the last game. We get Minnesota at home and we lose 17 to 24. Does anybody remember the broad strokes of this game off the top of their head? I did not watch this game. Uh, I, I was um, so this, this, this is where I was. Hey, uh, love sports writing for many reasons, but uh, uh, I was 
on like vacation essentially at this uh at this uh cabin in the middle of nowhere and uh i kept getting alerts on my phone of what was happening reminder minnesota was out like 30 guys in this game that's right they they were out a ton nebraska was i believe a double digit favorite that's right um and uh i was glad i didn't have to pay attention to it (laughs) because i got the alerts and i was like i was like i was like i know what's happening on twitter and i know what my life could be right now but i'm walking in the (laughs) middle of like the woods and this is great um but I do remember listening, you know, following on the coverage and everything in the days afterwards. Uh, my main thought was PJ Fleck remains a better coach than Scott Frost. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that this was the game, I think, Illinois was a backbreaker, right? But I think this was the game that people really came to the conclusion that Scott Frost has some serious issues as a head coach. Mm-hmm. That was my that was my takeaway f- and from what, I saw online and read was, Oh wait, we need to look at that. We need to look at this from a huge scale um, about Scott Frost coaching and building. Mm. I'm looking they here. Were, oh, sorry. Yeah. I was just going to say, I'm, I'm looking at the, some of the stuff about this game. They were missing 33 players. Yeah. Hey, we always say they were missing 33. Has anybody ever gone back and compared who started versus the people that, normally started because i have never actually seen i feel like mm. all the names that you that we were familiar the, with yeah like, like uh, I was would argue, Ibrahim, he was there <laughs> we know he was there <laughs> yeah i would argue though it's it, the the equivalent for me in my world i would think of is even if you're playing you know the los angeles lakers and they if they only have six or seven guys they could have lebron and anthony davis and that's great but they only got six or seven guys and you've got 15 and you've got the depth and you can sub and whatever. It's just a different game. Like it's mm-hmm. just, a, yeah. it should be as what I should say. It should be a different game because you're going to have more people playing reps on defense, more people on the offensive line, more people on special teams. Like it's just, you're on the road, you're Minnesota. You didn't really want to play the season anyway. Uh, you know, you're not that great. I mean, there were no, like in some ways there were like, there's no incentive to, play hard there really isn't like you shouldn't win that game and in that situation nebraska again uh, coming off of a win doesn't bring it and that's where it was annoying to me was like i learned a lot about good sports teams by covering the volleyball team like Mm. i covered i covered john cook's um team in 2013 um volleyball fans might remember but like that was lauren cook's senior year like Hannah Worth was on that team. Uh, and I'm trying to think who else, but they were really good. And so they, 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 I remember covering a Penn State match where they took it to a fifth set. And John Cook's teams are so good at responding when they shouldn't. Or like great teams, you'll see this in, on, on bas- for, you know, in basketball. Great teams, when they get down eight, all of a sudden they're up two. And you have to, and that team has to call timeout. Great football teams, you know, they're down you know, 14, nothing, all of a sudden they go into halftime and they're up 21, 17. Like they're just, they, they respond. There's something about them. And a big red flag to me was Minnesota has no reason to want to play this game. You should be up. If you're up 14, nothing in that game, Minnesota's the Minnesota sideline is going to go. All right. I'm starting to think about not wanting to play the rest of the season. I don't want to be here. It's cold. Like, you know what I mean? Like you just punch them in the mouth and they don't want to do it. And that was also the game, I believe, they just kept throwing the ball um, mm. and, and didn't 
run Diedrich Mills hardly at all, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, oh, Adrian ran oh, go ahead. 27 times. Diedrich Mills ran it 12 times. Um, and uh, Averaging 4.2 yards per carry, maybe you should have given it to him another 12. And, I, you know, right. I bet those last – those last five, six, seven uh, are a lot, a lot young, longer. Yeah, and I, if I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think this was the game too that, uh, and Sam McEwen did such a good job of like pointing this out and really hitting it home. Of there was this weird situation where uh, it was clearly windy, and Matt Davidson was on the field before the game and said it was windy, and then they kept throwing the ball. And after the game, Scott Frost said it wasn't windy, and there was one point where instead of um, running the ball once and then getting the wind in the next quarter, they threw it and then had to punt. And it was just a, you know, typical Nebraska disaster is essentially what it was like for the last four years, it's just total disaster. So it was, that was, I think a a pretty frustrating one too. And um, you know, one of the things I've harped on uh, for the last three years is that uh, the offense has really been what lets the team down. And and especially this year, we had a pretty, pretty decent defense. Uh, So here I'm looking at the scoring summary Minnesota scored four times and their the length that they had to go to score on their first drive was 35 yards on their second drive was 36 yards. Hmm. The last drive was 39 yards. Their third drive wow. they had to go 75 yards. Um, and that was their double the other ones. So, uh, you know, turnovers, bad special teams uh, really put this team in a hole. Well, and to be fair, Scott Frost has said, I mean, you, if you keep a team to 17 points, a Scott Frost team theoretically should win. But, I mean, if you look at it, so Northwestern, they they technically, Nebraska held them 21. You should win that game, right? Yeah. Illinois, they scored 41. That yeah. should never happen. Technically 26 they, to, to Iowa. Technically, maybe you should have a chance. Yeah. Um, the offense has so, to come through. Yeah. He's got, he's got to figure it out. So, yeah, the defense is, at this point, the strength uh, coming back for sure. Well, let's. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's let's finish this out. <laughs> we're in, we're in the home stretch here, folks. Um, okay, so so you got a pretty disgruntled uh, fan base. You're coming in to Rutgers. It's Friday. It was going to be at three. Now it's at six thirty. It's uh, it's like uh, Hoth. I think I think Chris, you might have tweeted a picture of Hoth. And Dude, it's like seven inches the night before, didn't it? Oh yeah, I remember the photos of that. How quickly they cleared the field. Pretty mm-hmm. crazy. And. Um, and Nebraska has a series. Is it a bunch of turnovers early? I mean, uh, Rutgers had a good good team in terms of getting takeaways. Um, Noah Vedral is injured and doesn't play, and Nebraska pounds it. This is the game where we have three drives, ninety yards, and uh, we end we end this the game 28-21, and uh, and uh, feeling feeling pretty good. I think about our the team is feeling pretty good about the win after the grinding three and five season. Maybe. Cause then they decided not to play. Hmm. Well, I think, I think the fact that they felt good about the win was maybe one reason to stop. You know, it's like, we can end happy right now. You know, we feel good. Let's stop. Is this the game? This is the game. Yeah. Because I was only on Twitter for this game. Now that I think of it, this is the game where I was talking about pulling Martinez early because he fumbled twice really early on. Did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so maybe, maybe I'm, uh, kind of retconning my own journey because I think in this game I was like, "You got to pull him! You got to pull him!" <laughs> well, this was a this was a very, 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 very frustrating game. Yeah. I mean, twenty eight, twenty one kind of sugarcoats it because I mean, really, honestly, early on, 
particularly on Twitter, people were furious about this game. Mm-hmm. Early, I mean, ha- half time of this game, people were pissed. Oh, yeah. This is the game where I got, like, in a spat with people on Twitter, too, because I was like, uh, people were there. I saw somebody somebody tweeted a poll where it's like, Is, can Nebraska still win this? And everybody was saying no. I'm like, why are you still watching if you don't think that they can even possibly win, you know? Right. So anyway, yeah, and then we won, and I gotta, you know, get on my high horse. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I, but that my thing is, is that like this, this is a I think interesting game because they win, so they finish the season on a win. But I mean, it just felt so hard. Mm-hmm. Like it just felt like they were fighting so many elements and internal demons. And Adrian throws for two fifty five, but he had throws two picks and he fumbled twice. And Dedrick Mills runs for 191 yards. And then like a month later is like, peace. I am out. (laughs) Right. Um, Wandale runs it seven times, catches it six times. And then a couple months later is like, I'm out. And so I think that it it said something to me that they decided not to play in two ways. One, um, this is a split team still. Mm -hmm. And I I do wonder how much, because I think, I don't care who you are. If Tom Allen walks into the Indiana locker room and they've lost five games in a row. If Indi- if Tom Allen said, Hey, I want, I want to play to you. I have a pretty good idea that they would say yes. And so the fact that Nebraska chose not to said something to me about just where the team is at and the culture, which I, which is a word that I hate, but at the same time, like you can go off into the sunset a little bit of like, we want a game at the end of the year, we can leave. And it's like, not, it could be worse. And so I think it's landed Nebraska fans in a weird situation where most are upset with the outcome. Most acknowledge that this isn't where Nebraska should be after three years, but you can still grind out a couple wins against Purdue and Rutgers. If in whatever the worst team in the league is this year, Penn state, you know, like it just kind of puts them in this weird situation. I think yeah. maybe I'm projecting, but I, I, I'm, I'm speaking too much. What do you guys think? Yeah. The, the thing that, sticks out to me is I, I remember seeing some of the like the post game uh, presser stuff where some of the players were like, yeah, well, we're going to we're going to talk about it as a team and decide whether or not we want to do a bowl game. Like as soon as I started hearing that, I was like, there isn't going to be a bowl game, is there? <laughs> they done. Yeah, but but then at the same time, it's it's one of those things where you know, obviously in hindsight, some of those players were already checked out and they were thinking about going to greener pastures. Um, but I, I also remember at the time thinking, man, I wonder how much it really was just that this season took such a psychological toll on this team, yeah. mm-hmm. a kind of kind of being the center of the entire. Big Ten controversy, all eyes were on Nebraska and how we were reacting to that situation. And, you know, however much you want to say, oh, Nebraska saved the Big Ten season uh, at the moment, it probably sucked for those players. And, you know, the reality of them not being able to see family for X number of months, you, you know, I can kind of relate to that a little bit, especially when you hear somebody like Wandale saying, hey, my mom caught COVID. I want to go home and be with her. Like, you know, ignore all of the stuff with Kentucky. That's real. I mean, that's a legitimate thing. Right. Yeah. And and you wonder how many other storylines have played out that way for the, the student athletes on this team, um, especially those who are on the team who, you know, let's be honest, a majority, a majority of 
college players don't play in the NFL, right? And so for them, they're thinking about so much more than next season right now. So I don't totally know. agree. Don't blame him for I don't blame him at all. Mm-hmm. I don't blame him at all for not wanting to play. I really don't because mm-hmm. I, if you haven't seen your family since March and you, there are a million, you know, life happens beyond the football field for all these kids that we don't think about. So I don't blame him at all. It did just say something to me though. Mm-hmm. I, I, uh, I've kind of gotten into a habit in the last few, as we've done these last few games here to, to look at the yards that we've, the teams have had to go to score. And it's kind of funny. I've referenced this game like three times now is the game where we had to have three 90 yard <laughs> plus drives. Um, Rutgers scored four times. The first time they had to go 55 yards. They did it in five plays. The second time they only had to go 23 yards, which they did in seven plays. Their third drive, they did have to go 80 yards. Uh, they did it in seven plays. And their last, their last score, they had a 98 yard kickoff return. So uh, the game where we think of all we had to do offensively to score again, has, has been a theme the last half of the season as we've recapped it. Um, the off, their, the opposing offenses have just been gifted uh, short fields, which in college football is everything. So mm-hmm. um, this, uh, we won this game despite, I mean, we, we out yarded them and everything, but that's because we had to. Uh, sure. The offense put the defense in a terrible position repeatedly. The special teams gave away a touchdown and, uh, and the offense had no choice, but to go 90 plus yards three times. Defense, defense is going to be really good next year. I don't, I mean, they're not going to be 2009, but there's no, there's no <laughs> you know what? You know what? They could be 2016. 2016 defense is actually pretty good. Mark Banker did get fired, but they was actually pretty good. You, you would take 2016 defense next year, and they could be a little bit better than that. They, that would go a long way. Yeah. So uh, I guess to kind of to kind of bring this to a close here, we've we've just walked through this three three and five started out as nine, became an eight game season. Um, feeling pretty good about the defense. Things ended on a high note offensively, but for, you know, fumble issues, uh, we were able to run the ball successfully. We lost our ball carrier, um, but we may have got another one, you know, you'd rather have the one you, you'd rather have the known quantity than the unknown quantity, but um, you know, here we are. So what a season <laughs> 2020. <laughs> yeah. I think number, I think, I think the season puts, Nebraska in a really hard spot because hmm. you have to figure out who you want to be because if you, because you can't go around saying the big 10 is going to adjust to us and do that crap yeah. because guess what? Big 10 is better than the American conference and good luck getting Northwestern to adjust to you Yeah, or, or Iowa to adjust to you because yeah. the last three times that Nebraska and Iowa have played, Nebraska's played Iowa's game. I mean, it's been Iowa. It's it's been it's what they want to do, which leads to three narrow Iowa wins. Exactly, exactly. Even though Iowa basically gave you a chance to to beat them, and so I think what it does now is it you got to decide who you want to be, and um, you have to do it pretty quick because year four isn't just another year. I mean, you're you're looking at. I mean, they go they go. Let's say it's a real season, and they go five and seven again. I mean, tell me yeah. where. Tell me, tell me why Scott Frost should continue to have that job. Tell me why. <laughs> I kept thinking of the, the Switchfoot song. This is your life. <laughs> who you want to be. <laughs> oh. uh, well, next season, we start off in Ireland with Illinois. And Brett Bielema. Are you guys going to go? Uh, I don't. 
seems it seems <laughs> unlikely. You guys can't get a sponsor to give you like five thousand <laughs> right. dollars to go over there. <laughs> uh, no, um, we'll work on it. Start a GoFundMe, and I'm sure you can get. If we could pay for plane tickets and retweets, oh, you know what? I'd name this the Chris Hetty Podcast. If you send us, <laughs> it could that could be yours. You would you would rapidly lose listeners <laughs> if you named it after me. So uh, give us five thousand dollars. I'll tattoo it. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> I would probably I consider a tattoo. Okay, Buffalo. So then we have Buffalo at home. Um, who's a pretty good offense. And then we go to Oklahoma and then we go to Michigan state and then we host Ohio state. And then we host Northwestern. So there's that duo again, we go to Purdue and we host Michigan host Iowa. We pull a sec move and we host <laughs> Southeastern Louisiana. And then we host Boy, Wisconsin. Yeah. Then we yeah. host Wisconsin before ending the season, hopefully on black Friday at Minnesota. So we're supposed to play Minnesota on black Friday this year, but the uh, things things changed. All I gotta say is southeastern uh, southeastern Alabama. Sorry, <laughs> southeastern Louisiana. Better hope that we beat Iowa the week before. <laughs> they also better hope that November thirteenth is not killer cold for Southern East. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, southeastern Louisiana. <laughs> yeah, gonna, those poor kids. Oh I mean, they're God. gonna. That's 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 not fair. <laughs> <laughs> Suffering. Like I came here to get my butt kicked by LSU. I did not come here to go up. <laughs> oh, well, it should I mean, be an interesting season. Yeah, it should be. I mean, it, I think that there's going to be a lot of moving pieces between now and then. And, you know, I, mean, I think I think people do this with all of their sports teams is by, by the time the first game kicks off, you're feeling okay. You kind of talk yourself into Karen. And so I'm, I'll be curious what they do over the next eight months to try and convince people that they're doing well because – I think again for the third straight off season, nobody wants to hear anything. Yeah, like we, we don't need Scott Frost to come out and tell us that they're lifting weights. I don't care. Right. I, I really, I, to be completely honest, I don't even need a hype video. I I'll, I believe it. I believe that you're doing things. Yeah, but it doesn't matter to me because Nebraska has been winning off seasons for years, and it's what we work. do. So, like, yeah. find, like, like I said, find a hobby, go, get into whittling uh, uh, or or wood, woodworking takes up your weekends and and you know then if nebraska loses to buffalo hey go work on your shed you know yeah if uh if this week was speaking of moving parts if this week was any indication it's going to be a wild off season i mean mike and i record uh recorded i think it was briefly on tuesday morning right or was it wednesday morning and there'd already been like two transfers out and two transfers in and so we're reacting to that and then later in the day there's like two more people announced they're going to stay so i was like oh hey mike can you yeah, exactly. I had to record a little, hey, by the way, this also happened. And then, like, the next day, by the time he's released it, it's already, like, two more people have announced something. Right, right. Thank you. See, and the thing, too, the thing, too, is, like, it's, like, um, for me, personally, Ty, Ty John Lindsay is my, um, is my true north because I thought he was going to be really good and he wasn't. And so my whole thing has always been, I'll believe they're good until I see that they're good. I mean, we were told Omar Manning was supposed to be super good and he didn't play. He was supposed to be the game changer. Like right. he was going to be the reason why Nebraska and and he didn't see the field. Um, so he had, one, he had one target. That's right. He played in a game. That's right. He, he had one play. target. Yeah. Um. So like my my thing is like I believe this Montana kid's probably pretty good. Um. We'll see if you can see the field. You know. Like I, I hope that this running back from USC is good. Let's, let's see it. You know. Let's actually see it. And I think that's where the Nebraska fans that I know where they're at. 
where mm-hmm. it's like, let's just see if they actually can, can get here because I've been told all these lifesavers are going to be good, but let's just see it. Yeah. Which is a frustrating place to be because you want to be excited about every acquisition, you know, like you want to be excited. And I think people are, I mean, I still pay attention to it, but it's just been a lot of bloviation and it gets kind of old. Yeah. Well, yeah, you think about, I just, I just noticed Keem Green is now a school in South Carolina, which is the state he's mm-hmm. from. So, I mean, I'm all the hype when he came in, I think already at that point we were, we had started to think, you know, if you, if you're putting all your hopes onto a Juco transfer, making an immediate impact, <laughs> right. you're in trouble. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I think some of these grad transfers uh, are a little different or I don't, I guess step isn't a grad transfer, the FCS guy. I mean, he is, he is a known quantity. I mean, he has produced. So I feel like we don't, we don't want to count on him to be the, the savior, but it feels like there's a good chance that the step, the running back, I mean, he's got the physical makeup to be successful and there's some pretty cool highlights of him. Mm-hmm. Um, to your point, we'll, we'll just, we'll believe it when we see it. Kind of, I know this was really good too. <laughs> uh, um, I think the coaches said he was really good, but he didn't he have the it. opportunities to. Yeah. yeah. So they, they definitely. Had and, to, I, yeah. and I, and I, cause I totally agree. I, like, again, like I, and I don't mean that to be a, a jerk. I just, I, there's been too many examples for me where it's like, I'm told like this guy's game changed to do this. You can do this. It's like, that's super cool. Can you do it um, on Saturday afternoons? <laughs> like if he can do it then, then fantastic. But if he's yep. doing it at Thursday at two in the afternoon, I, I don't care. <laughs> so you hope that they can figure that out. That's what yeah. you want. That's what you want. <clears throat> yeah. I'm sorry well, that we... I always come in here. And no, man. Bummer. I, I appreciate it because it, it tells me I'm not crazy for kind of having the same attitude because <laughs> like, especially like I like, I don't even care about like recruiting stuff. Uh, like I don't care until they are on the sideline on Saturday in September, it, it means nothing to me. You know, uh, the pe- people keep sh- like, look at this video of this 17 year old. That's okay. Yeah. He's great in some random, you know, small town that he's playing football in. That means nothing to me until I see him playing football in Nebraska at Memorial stadium. So mm-hmm. yeah, Sa- same thing I, with all these transfers coming in. Cool. Show me. Yeah. I, I super appreciate the enthusiasm that people have for, recruiting services and and the the transfer portal and all those things i really do uh uh because it it helps fund local journalism and that's really really great and really important um but i'm the same way like i almost don't even really care uh until you're in the like 2d Mm. you know i remember i don't know i was watching a football game the other day and there was a number 34 and the first thing I thought of was Breon Dixon. Remember Breon Dixon? Yes. No. Yes. Yes. yes and no. I don't. Oh, Ole Miss transfer? Yeah, exactly. Whoa, exactly. I had, I had to dig for a second. <laughs> in, in and out. You know? Like, just in, so, one, we've been hurt. You know, the Rass has been hurt way too many times. And, two, like, I, you, you care about him. He plays plays a couple times, but then he disappears. Yeah. I just and, think so, of all those people that were buying Calabrasca shirts a couple of years ago. How ridiculous do they look now, right? I mean, it's just, it's, uh, boy, it's, it's hard. There. This is a hard, a, the, I, you guys are great because it's, this is a hard program to stick along with because they only hurt you. And it's, and it's problematic because they keep talking <laughs> about how be- much better they're getting. That, and that, and again, that was my breaking point. Somebody so. needs, you know, those t-shirt quilts people make, 
We need to mm-hmm. make one with all the, like the failed Nebraska memes. So I still got my Bo Big Red shirt. Like, <laughs> yeah. Nebraska and I don't know. Was there a Riley? Oh man. Riled up. Oh yeah. There's the, the, the riled up. I don't know if there were too many shirts about yeah. that, but yeah, mm-hmm. it was definitely a hat. Maybe it'd be a, it'd be a small quilt, but anyway, there was like I a think fear, I have... the only ones that have gone that have aged well is the fear mirror and like sexy Rexy. That's about it. Mm-hmm. So those are winners right there. Yeah. Doula Rex Burkhead. Yeah. How cool is it seeing Levante David and Dominican Sue <laughs> playing championship level football on a championship level team? Hasn't Dominican played pretty well this year? I haven't, I haven't followed the Bucks a ton, but I almost, I almost forgot he was on the team. Like as I was watching that game, I was like, <laughs> holy crap. That's Sue. Yeah. He's old. I mean, he's a little bit older. So I don't, I mean, he doesn't need to set the world on fire, but I just kind of forgot a little bit. Because well, Levante David's everywhere. I, I don't, Mike and I don't follow very closely. Mike, I think, watched more NFL than I, but I, I've just read a couple things today pointing out that since he's arrived, their rush defense has been a little... And I mean, he's okay, a cool. tackle, right? So, I mean, yeah. he's eating up guys, and it probably doesn't show up, which was what made his stats in college all the crazier. Um, so, I, I think he's still playing on I mean, high he's level. He's still huge. <laughs> yeah. He's just a... Ma- he's, just, he's just massive. I mean... I, I still see the stats like every Heisman season yeah. of like Sue stats and then like USC's defensive line for a whole season stats. And Sue has like three more tackles for losses and two, right. di- two more sacks. And you're like, right. holy cow. Stud. Stud. Monster. Yeah. It's so fun to see like two, like in our lifetime, all time great defenders on the same NFL team. Yeah. High five. That's and after cool. play. Yeah. Yeah. Like a Husker dream team defense right there. Mm-hmm. So, one last thing I wanted to point out. I don't know if there's been any movement on this at all, but did you guys see some of that chatter about like them allowing FCS teams to play spring game scrimmages oh, against like, I I, yeah. was there anything to that? I, I guess I like a division one team. Yeah. Yeah. There's spring, yeah. spring game. Damn. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just saw, I saw a couple headlines and then, some teams being like, we want to focus on ours. So okay. Gonna... Okay. Yeah. I'm just curious about like, you. we're already, I, I'm just thinking about our normal schedule is in here in a few weeks, Justin and I are going to start looking forward to like real things happening for 2021 and getting ready to talk about the spring game and what that's going to look like. I, I kind of feel like 2021 is still a huge question mark. Um, so it'll be interesting. Doesn't well, winter conditioning that, start yeah. like, this now, like, just start today. I don't know. I think it depends because know. schools are starting um, at different times. So, like KU, for example, we don't we don't go back until February. We haven't started school yet. So, I don't know if you can start before people can technically move in. Mm-hmm. You also like, I'm sure there's a giant headache of getting everybody back again, and then quarantining again, and then testing again, and that's the thing I would think of with the spring game or like a scrimmage is like fielding sounds weird, but like fielding a team. Cause I mean, you could see a situation in which a player is like, listen, I'm just going to work out from home and do classes online. Cause I don't want to move back. You know what I mean? Like I, I could, I, I mean, there's 150 guys. Like I bet you one guy's going to do that. Um, so I think it'd just be a headache. I mean, makes sense. It'd be cool to do a scrimmage, put on Facebook and, you know, make it cool. Or maybe they'll just do another video game thing. Oh gosh. <laughs> Ugh. 
Uh, hey, I was thinking about this. Do you guys remember when they did Pokemon Go at, at Memorial Stadium? <laughs> yeah, I do. Yes, yes, we I do. The, we were there. I was there. Yeah. Were you really? <laughs> oh yeah. Yep. I had to come up from Omaha. I, I live just down the road. So that there, there's crazy. a photo of me like pretending to catch a Pokemon, like, and I don't know if Justin like took a screenshot, so it looked like I was holding a Pokeball or something. It was really stupid. I gotta go find it. That's <laughs> awesome. We just we were uh, we we had family in town this weekend, and we were walking in the park and they used to live here and and uh they were mentioning that they used to come to that park all the time and play pokemon go and then in my, in my you know corrupted nebraska brain i was like that happened at memorial stadium once <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're locked in it was really funny though when that when that first took off like the first week i remember like driving to a park and i saw like a group of dudes walking around with their phones i'm like I think they're doing the same thing I'm doing right now. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, everybody it's still happening. There's still oh, yeah. Out, yeah, still people out there. And it's super lucrative for the folks who are... Neantic? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then... Not the, Nintendo. I, right. I remember there was, a, there was also a time where, like, for several weeks in a row, we couldn't figure out why, like, at 5.30 at night... Uh, or maybe it was, I don't remember what time it was, but there was always this group of people that would just congregate in our church's parking lot while we were doing something. And we're like, who are all these people? And like, yeah. because it was like, it was months after the whole craze had died down. And, and then we suddenly realized, oh, they're still doing it. And we're a gym. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Hey, we're, we're cool. We're cool. We don't need to be suspicious of these people. <laughs> so bizarre. Uh, you know, if we're having an extended conversation about Pokemon Go right now, I mean, that probably means it's the, fo- the football conversation's over. Right. Don't you think? Right. I mean, like, it's it's football uh, related because we are talking about being on field in oh, the stadium. That's how we got started on it. But yeah. Yeah. It happened yeah. on a football field. Yeah. 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 So, well, anyway, uh, Chris, it's been a, a pleasure having you back on. Um, sounds like you're enjoying what you're doing. So that's good. Yes. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate you actually caring. Or maybe you don't care uh, about, but at least humoring me and he- hearing my thoughts uh, because I didn't know people still did. So I, so I, I at least appreciate you having me on. And well, Mike and I get kind of tired of talking fun. to each other, so it's it's good to yeah. have a fresh perspective. And we've talked to you a few times, so it's fun yeah, to I was yeah. I mean, like, there's a reason we've we keep asking you to come back too. Like, it it's always a good time having you, Chris. Good. So. Okay. Good. Good. Yeah. I, I I like you guys quite, which is good. I that we get along. Um, it's not like I get off this and talk trash about you. So it's it's good. It's, <laughs> it's, it's always it's it's always genuinely fun to come on. I mean, yeah. we talk about Pokemon Go and Star Wars and also Nebraska football. You know, like it's a <laughs> it's the whole win win win. Boom yeah. boom boom. Great. Well, uh, with that, uh, I say go big red. Go big red. The Husker Football Fan Podcast is an unofficial, non-commercial podcast and is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. The views expressed on this podcast belong solely to the individuals expressing them. The Husker Football Fan Podcast is not endorsed by or affiliated with the Nebraska Cornhuskers or the University of Nebraska.